Praise the Lord. It's time for us to hear the word of God. Something I forgot, a quick announcement. <clears throat> the DVDs are ready for uh, our 25th anniversary DVDs are ready for distribution. One real or money, you can collect it uh, after the uh, service. Let's close our eyes as we commit ourselves into God's hands. That the word of God will bless us today. That we will not go back the same. That what God wants to do in our lives, He will do unhindered. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we want to thank you for this time that you have granted us to look at your word. Father, we are praying that your word will bless us, that your word will quicken us, that, Lord, the strength, the grace, the wisdom that we need to go forward this year, you will impart into our lives through your word in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. We're looking at a message this morning, this afternoon now, uh, called, I Will Repay the Wasted Years. I Will Repay the Wasted Years. In Joel chapter 2, we're reading there from verse 25. <laughs> and I will restore to you the years. That the locusts have eaten, the canker worms, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worms, my great army which are sent among you, and ye shall eat in plenty. <laughs> are we together here? And ye shall eat in plenty, and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. Praise the Lord. I will repay the wasted years. That's the word of God to us. But when you think about it, that we cannot turn back the clock, time that say waits for no one. Once time is lost, we cannot recapture it. That is in the economy of man. But God, in whose eyes one day, it's like a thousand years. And a thousand years, like one day. The God that holds time in his hand. 
time exists inside God. He alone can make a statement like that. That years that have been wasted, he's able to bring back. He's able to pay. And why is he saying that to us this afternoon? 2011 has come and gone. And we are in a new year now. And some people will be counting. How many years am I going to be in this trouble? And they counted one more year has gone in. Some might even be in prison. And they're counting the years. Some may be in affliction. They're counting the years. Say how many years of my life will be wasted in ill health. In prison, in difficulties, in unemployment, in academic failure, in wasted marriages, in sad, sorrowful marriages. How many years am I going to endure? And they're counting. And God says, don't you worry. I'm going to repay you for all the years. That you have lost. I don't know how many you have counted. You might have counted five years in a difficult situation. You might have counted ten years in a difficult situation. And 2011 added another year. And you are counting. And God said, don't you worry. I'm going to more than pay back. And only him can say that. There are lots of waste in this world. Waste in different forms. Physical waste. Sometimes we lose many years in school. Sometimes we fail and fail and fail. No promotion. But let me tell you one thing. Some of the greatest scientists that invented great things that failed in school. How many of us know that? <laughs> Some of the most successful businessmen that were thrown out of jobs. <laughs> completely unemployed. How many of us know that? <laughs> yes. Wasted years is not a problem. Don't be discouraged. God can more than repay. Our marriages might not have been what it is. It should be. And we are counting. Some of us are saying, Lord, how long? How long are we going to stay in this marriage? In this condition? I'm telling you the joy that God is going to release into your marriage. It will wipe out all the years of sorrow in that marriage. And you will know that God is able to repay wasted years. Maybe your children are not doing well in school. And you're looking at the other children. They are all going forward. You say, God, what about my children? Let me tell you. When God does a thing in their lives, all those people that are going before them is going to overtake. The Bible says the race is not for the swift. 
It's not by speed or strength that we prevail. God has the capacity to cause us to do in one year what 20 successful years could not accomplish. That's what it means. He has the power to do that. And the reason is, we live in a spiritual world. We live in a spiritual world. The forces that fight against us cannot be seen where they are. The enemy that we fight against is a spirit called the devil. And a host of angels called demons that fell with him. And they work together with wicked men and women to try to waste our lives. And so it's not by speed. That's why you can see the enemy can allow somebody go very fast just to put him on a pinnacle. And then when he's there, he ensures that he draws and his drop is fatal. Yes. And we need to understand that in Psalm 37 quickly. In Psalm 37, I read verse 1 and 2. Fret not thyself because of evil doers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be what? Cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. If you go to verse 34 of the same Psalm 37, it says, Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee, to inherit the land. When the wicked are what? Thou shalt see it. In that place where you are sitting, maybe your boss says, you cannot be promoted. And years are passing, and the whole church is praying, still no promotion comes for you. Say, God, how many years am I going to stay? Look at what the Bible says. You inherit his seat. You don't understand that. In verse 34. <laughs> Wait on the Lord. And keep his ways. Don't forget that. And he shall exalt thee to that very seat. To inherit it. What will happen? When the wicked are caught up. Some of them have sworn that as long as they are there, you will not be promoted. Don't you see? They'll be cut off. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> they'll be cut off. And who will see it? You will see it. <laughs> it won't be there anymore because it's gone. <laughs> but your colleagues that have been sympathizing with you say, see this faithful person comes to work all the time, very diligent, still they are not promoted, your friends will see it. And then they will know you serve a living God. <laughs> In verse 35, I have seen the wicked in great power spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away 
And lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man. And behold the upright, for the, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. And the end of the wicked shall be cut off. I can tell you today in this world, many people foolishly realizing that the battles of life are spiritual. A lot of them have sold themselves to the devil. Yes. The other day someone was telling me of church of Satan. Can you imagine that? Many people go to the devil. Sell themselves to the devil. And you, a believer, walking in the way of God. Ignorantly. You see the wicked in great power. You see, you see the unrighteous man in great prosperity and your heart begins to faint within you. Look at what the Bible says. You see, I've seen the wicked in great power. But what happens? You, you, didn't, you didn't read it there. In verse 35. You see, I've seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. You will see this occultic man. Ascend very fast. But what happened in verse 36? Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. You cannot be envious of sinners because of their prosperity. Because the Bible says they will be cut off. That's why you, see, you hear of so, many, so much mysterious death. Young people die mysteriously after achieving a lot of fame, popularity, and money. That's what the Bible is telling us. Don't be envious of them. You keep the way of the Lord. And He will make you to inherit great things. And the blessings of the Lord, they make it rich and they add no sorrow. It's not a blessing you have, you cannot sleep at night. The devils are pressing you. They are asking for terrible things. Demands that you cannot meet. Threatening to take your life. Don't be envious of sinners when you see them prospering. Because God is God. God is God. The greatest waste is the waste of the whole life in hell. And many people have committed and covenanted by the devil to spend eternity in hell. And you see them prospering. And your eye is going there. Be not envious of the wicked. The greatest waste is the waste of the whole life. And the devil is very willing to take the whole life and give them a few million dollars. What an exchange. Terrible exchange. The Bible says, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Don't be envious of sinners. Keep the way of the Lord and you will see what he will do in your life. We're going to look at this topic in three headings. 
briefly causes of wasted years, condition for restoration, and finally, cases of restoration. What are the causes of wasted years? What is the cause of waste? Let's turn our Bibles to James chapter 1. In verse 15. Then when lust has conceived, it brings that forth what? Sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings that forth what? Is there any more waste than that? That is the greatest waste. How many of us agree with that? Yes. The Bible says sin brings forth what? Death. From Genesis, what did God say to Adam? In the day that you eat thereof, the fruit of sin, thou shalt surely... In Ezekiel, the Bible said the soul that sinned, in Romans, the Bible said the wages of sin. All through the Bible, sin brings forth death. And death is the greatest waster. So the fundamental cause of waste is sin. On this first Friday of this year, if there's one thing we need to know, the greatest cause, the fundamental source of waste is sin. Everybody say, sin will bring waste. Sin will bring waste. That's the most important thing for us to know. Sin in any shape. You know, sin has many shapes. Even colors. You know, Bible, Bible does not categorize, say, small sin, big sin, white sin, black sin, you know, green sin. You know, many people like green. Green sin, I like green. Today I'm not wearing green, but I like green. Some people know already, right? Every sin is a source of waste. Whatever be the shape, wherever it's found, whether it's found in Russia, found in America, whether it's found in Britain, found in the Middle East, it is called sin. And it will bring only one thing, waste. This year, many people's lives will be wasted, not by atomic bomb or earthquake, but by sin. Sin is going to waste lives. The greatest source of waste is sin. Regardless of who, where, it doesn't matter. Sin is waste. Sin is waste. Sin is waste. Yes, I'm not ignorant of the fact that the devil 
may gang up with wicked people to want to waste our lives. That's true. But, brethren, if there is no sin in us, they will not succeed. We've seen it in the Bible. The devil came against Job. At the end, Job was better off. I don't know who has come against you, you will be better off. It can gang up people against you. It can do anything. But if you take care of sin in your life, they will not succeed. In my country, in some parts of my country, let me tell you, any problem somebody has is from Papa Wife. You may not understand. In Africa, we have polygamy. Polygamy means one man has uh, more than one wife. The wives don't want the children of the other wives to prosper. So they do diabolical things. So immediately anybody from a polygamous home has problems. The first thing in his mind is, my papa wife. Probably very innocent. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, no matter the source, <laughs> don't worry about the source. If there is no seed, they will not succeed. Balak called Balaam. They cursed me, these people. <laughs> he said, look, these people, God has not seen perverseness. He has not seen iniquity. It's impossible. I cannot call them. Balak said, what do you want me to give you? Any native doctor that they give money on your behalf, he will vomit it. <laughs> you don't understand. They can call any prophet. They cost this man. His promotion in the work is too much. Why is it only him that is prospering in this village? <laughs> Do something. Let me tell you that we vomit whatever they have received. <laughs> On your behalf that we vomit it. <laughs> this is the truth. You have to, you have to know that. Balaam said, no way. It's not possible. But you know what? Balaam told Balak one thing. What did he tell him? He said, the only way you can succeed is send the women, beautiful women, into their midst. <laughs> what, what the prophet could not do, what all these devils could not do, sin did it to the people. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Second Samuel quickly. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, we know the story. I read from verse 9. Wherefore, thou hast, hast thou despised the commandments of the Lord, to do evil in his sight. Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife, to thy wife, to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thy house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus said the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thy own house, and I will take thy wife before thy own eyes. And give them unto thy neighbor. And 
He shall lie with thy wives in the sight of the sun. And thou, for thou did it sacredly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. Praise the Lord. We know this story. David was an anointed man of God. How many of us know that? Yes. He was a man after God's own. Had so much anointing, he slew Goliath. Philistines were no match for him. But what brought wastage to his family and himself? What do you see here? Sin. What the Philistines and Goliath could not do to him, what do you think happened here? Sin did it to him. Sin is no respecter of anointing. Whatever anointing we have, if we play with sin, we will be wasted. Be careful. Be careful. Let's not be overconfident. David had a great anointing. But look at what happened. He did this in the secret, God said. Anything we do in the secret is an open thing before God. And he said he will do his own openly. We prayed just now. When in the secret of your closet, you are confessing your sin and asking for the grace of God, God is going to bless you openly. But if on the other hand, you say, well, nobody is seeing me. Pastor is not seeing me. There is no eye here. So I secretly can do evil. God said he will also reward you Openly. Don't say amen there. <laughs> what I mean is this. It should not be our portion. <laughs> let's, let, let's not be asleep. You know, you know when we're asleep, everything is amen. <laughs> you don't understand. What a waste. And then Ahitophel gave Absalom the counsel to do what? To lie with his father's concubines in the eye of all Israel. What a disgrace. Sin will bring disgrace. What will bring disgrace? Yes. If there is only one thing we need to know on this first Friday, it's what? Sin will bring waste. And it's no respecter of person. There's no born against sin. <laughs> Please. I'm born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. In secret, sin is there. Your heart, sin is there. God will not accept it. There is no category for sin. We need to understand. David's anointing could not cover his We need to know that. 
What of Moses? Moses. He, he had a vision from God. He thought he was going to deliver Israel. You know what he did? He killed a man. Whatever the good intention, sin is. Whatever the good intention, sin is. And it will only bring waste. You know what happened? Moses wasted another 40 years somewhere in the bush. <laughs> that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. No vision, no anointing will hinder this. Sin will bring waste. We're talking about this man because he's a great man of God that God has used. So no matter the victory we have had in God, no matter what He has used us to do, run away from sin. This year, you saw what happened to David. Many marriages are going to be wasted on account of immorality. How many of us know that? There will be many divorce cases this year because of immorality. Is that not waste? Marriage is waste. Abortions are going to happen this year because of immorality. How many of us know that? That's waste. Wombs are going to be destroyed this year because of immorality. AIDS is going to kill people because of... Sin will bring waste. And this needs to be very clear. If nothing else is clear, it's sin that will bring waste. And the worst of it all is, like I said, it's not a respecter of location. You know this thing called sin. It's not a respecter of what? Why do I say that? In Acts chapter 5. This is the worst that you can think of about sin and waste. In Acts chapter 5 verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira... His wife sold the possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also being private to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not in thy own? And after it was sold, was it not in thy own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, what happened? Fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that had these things. Why do I say this is the worst example of waste? In the midst of a place where people are having diverse supernatural miracles where God is blessing do you know that that's what, that was happening at that time how many of us know that there were mighty good things happening and here was a man that was wasted right in the midst of plenty in the midst of the blessings of God when God was pouring out mighty blessing things that have not been heard before shadows were healing the sick Everything was with supernatural power. 
right inside the middle of such an anointed place. A man and a wife were wasted on account of sin. I can tell you by the estimate of today, the sin of Ananias and Sapphira, you can say, had a small size. It was a small lie. Isn't it? How many big lies people tell today? It is of the mercy of God that we are not struck dead. But that is to tell us something. That hidden small lie. What is it going to bring? Waste. This year God is going to do mighty things in this church. That's where we should say amen. God is going to do mighty things in this church. But we don't want you to miss out on it. If you are not going to miss out on it, you make up your mind. Sin will not bring waste to your life. Sin will not bring waste. So that is it. Just a few things more about waste. The Bible says my people perish for what? Yes, and where there is no vision, people perish. Brethren, the year has started. What are your plans? Your plan from a vision. Where do you want God to take you to at the end of this year? Some of us don't even ask that question. You just want to live from year to year. That's waste. What did I say? That's waste. You must have a goal and a target. Both in your material, physical, spiritual life, you must have target. That will form the focus of your activities, the focus of your thoughts and prayer. You need to have a vision for the year. An individual vision. Say, so this is where I want my family to be. This is where I want my marriage to be. This is where I want my spiritual life to be. This is how I want my prayer life to be. This is how much Bible I want to read. This is the length of quiet time I want to have by the end of this year. This is how I want to live. You must have a vision. Without a vision, the people perish. You need a vision. And the Bible says, write it down, make it plain on the table. That means you need to write. What do you want God to do for you this year? Write it down. As you look at it, it strengthens you. It brings strength into your life. It brings orderliness into your life. You say, no, I cannot do this because I know where God is taking me. But let me tell you, if, if, if you don't know where you are going, you will go nowhere. You understand that? If you do not know where you are going, you will go nowhere. How many know where we are going? Yes. We're going to heaven. We're going to heaven. We're going to heaven. There is nothing greater than that. We're going to heaven. You know, and that will control your life. That will order your life. That will bring, you will not be wasted because when the devil brings a plan, when your colleague brings a plan, when a good friend brings a plan, 
you weigh it against the place you are going. And you say, if I, did, if I was not going to this place, I would have had time for you. That's how you organize your life. Your life will not just become organized. Without a vision, you cannot be organized. The reason you say no to many things is because you know where you are going. If not, a friend comes and says, why don't we go? They say they have sales in Lulu. You just say, well, that's all right. Because you have no vision. <laughs> you go and spend two, three hours. Two, three hours, you would have read three chapters of the Bible, received great revelation and anointing. <laughs> you wasted it looking at shops. Vision. <laughs> you don't understand. Apart from vision, we need to be diligent. Laziness and slothfulness, it will waste our lives. This is a world of laziness. Yes, let me tell you, people are only desirous for pleasure. They go to work. And immediately they reach there, they say, when is uh, Wednesday coming, you know, in this place? Or when is the closing time coming? Sloth. The focus of this age is laziness. I just wonder sometimes in my mind, if the past generations were like this, this electricity we are enjoying, maybe we will never have invented it. I think some things that have been invented now, with all the technology people have, if some of it spoils, people will not be able to repair it. Why? We just want to balance and use the remote. You know, you can't even move. Make life so comfortable and convenient. Nobody is breaking the head. Nobody is ready to work hard. Sloth and laziness. It will bring waste. The Bible says the lazy man, when they break, he starts rotating. Do you know what rotation means? Rotating on the bed. <laughs> Cannot jump out. I believe a man is supposed to jump out of bed. <laughs> Don't be pulled out. If you are pulled out, let me tell you, that sleep will still be in your eye when you get to the office. When you get to your boss. You need to jump out. Slothfulness also means doing unimportant things. Things that will not help us. Laziness will bring waste. Laziness will do what? Yes. Yes. You know, sometimes we just balance their hours on end watching TV. That's laziness. It will bring what? Yes. Many things you can do. Read a book. Begin to read about the Christians. You know, one thing that I like, read about people that have served God, you will be challenged. Read about the Tozas. Read about people that have served the Lord. The Finnish. You know, the, the, the sponsors, you read about them, read their life. Be challenged. Be challenged. Read about the missionaries, how they gave their everything. What you are reading will transform you. It will bring a vision upon your life. 
your leg and you're watching your favorite movie. That's waste. Yes. You may not look at it as, it's not, it's not only a waste of the time you are spending there. You see, the visions that you would have received, the insight you would have received, doing something else, that is the real waste. Don't look at this, after all, it's one or two hours. One or two hours. Many people have, have done great things in one or two hours. How, how long do you think it takes to, to, to just get a, a, a wisdom from God to do something? A split second. Waste. Everybody say, there will be no waste in my life. No waste. God doesn't want us to waste our lives. He has given us, it's a precious promise. And so, what are the conditions for restoring the wasted years? You see, in that same Joel, if you look at it, we are reading in chapter 2 there. Let's just look quickly in verse 13. Joel chapter 2 verse 13. And rend your... And not your... And rend your heart and not your garment. And turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repented him of the evil. Brethren, if God is going to restore all our wasted years, we must deal with sin in our lives. Deal ruthlessly with sin. To, to rent means to tear. You know, the heart is very precious. It's inside, isn't it? The Bible is saying, tear your heart. That is rootlessness, isn't it? Don't, 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 don't justify any sin this year. This shall not be a year of justifying sin. See, other people are doing it. Does it mean if other people are wasting, you want to waste with them? Of course not. Be rootless with sin. Deal whatever shape it is. Whether it's pride. You go in the morning. Say, God, where pride is locating. We are, remove it. Remove it. You know, it. you know when you say a thing in the office or amongst your colleagues, God will say, that thing you said is because of pride. Ah, you say, God, you must deliver me from this pride. Why? Because you are dealing ruthlessly with sin. You say something, you say, ah, maybe this thing I said, it will offend somebody. It will offend a brother. Let me tell you, you deal with sin that way. And what will happen? God will restore. The first thing, the first way of God restoring for us is that we rend our hearts. The other day I was saying to my people, say, Paul said that in Romans that, God will judge the secrets of men. I say, my. Secrets of men. How many people realize that every secret thing will be judged? Things in the heart that no man can see. The way I'm thinking about this brother, the way I'm thinking about this sister, God is seeing it, is going to judge it. Secret things. Brethren, we need to deal with sin. 
ruthlessly with sin. The devil may bring a thought. Say, this sister is like this. This brother is like this. See the way she talked. See the way he did. He said, Mr. Satan, I don't want waste this year in my life. I'm not going to think about it. That is how you deal with sin. Don't let any useless thoughts come and set to and you are meditating. Like Eve. You begin to meditate. Before you know it, it will bring forth death and waste. Every bad thought about anybody, no matter what you have seen or what you have heard, you say, God, I'm not going to think about it. The Bible says I should think about good things. Let's deal with sin. Uh, let me tell you, uh, if you are not born again, there's no way you can deal with sin. If you are not born again, you cannot deal with sin. Because the devil is your master and he will force you to sin. No matter your determination and self-will, it's impossible unless you're born again. And that means that you repent and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior personally and experience salvation, a guilt-free life. If you are not born again, you will not have the power to say no to sin. Yes. You can say, we are, today is uh, sixth, is it? It's not yet seven yet. Sixth. Many people have made New Year resolution today, they have broken it already. Things that have wasted their lives on 1st of January, they say, oh, I know that this, this sin, this immorality, this alcohol, this smoking is uh, killing me. I'm going to stop it. Today is sixth. They are doing worse things. Why? You think they want waste? They want to die? No. They have no Jesus in their life. The Bible says sin shall not have dominion over you because you are under grace. Except a man receive the grace of Jesus Christ, you cannot say no to sin. If you say no to this one, the devil will give you a worse one. The one that will kill you faster. I'm telling you. So if you are not born again, you can't remember the day that you gave your life to Christ. You cannot remember the day that the love of God came into your heart. You cannot remember that day. Let me tell you, this is your day. What did I say? It's not about coming to church. You can come to church and like Ananias and Sapphira be a waste. You can come to church and be a waste. You can do everything that people are doing externally and be a waste. You must be born again. Before you start positioning yourself to deal with sin, you have to position on Jesus. I'm telling you that, I mean, this is the gospel truth. They call it gospel truth, isn't it? Gospel truth. So that's the first thing we deal with sin. We deal ruthlessly with what? Not only that. In James chapter 5. In James chapter 5, I read there in verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. 
The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. The second thing after dealing with sin is this. We need to mend every relationship. When the Bible says confess your faults one to another, that means you are mending relationship. This year, every relationship, every place you know you are not well related, you go and mend it. This is, these are the steps that God will use to restore the wasted years. You mend relationship. You go to a brother, you go to a sister and say, Brother, I see that we have not been getting along, but I have come now to apologize. I am sorry, forgive me. That is, you want the wasted years to be repaid. You want healing to come. Look at it, it say, confess your fault, pray for one another, and you shall be healed. Many of us are looking for healing. It comes when what we do what? We mend relationships. We pray for one another. Not only that, we need to pray for one another as the Bible says there. Do you know, I said just now that dwelling in the house of God means wherever you are, you are praying. You are praying for the brethren. You are praying for the church. You are remembering the church. What happened? How did Job get his deliverance? When he prayed for his friends. When he did what? Prayed for his friends. Don't focus on your problem alone. Don't fo- Take your focus away from your problem. Begin to pray for others. As you are doing that, you will see. Your own problem, when you turn back, you will not find it. That's the truth. We need to pray for others. That's the number three point. Number four, we serve the Lord fervently. Everybody say, serve the Lord fervently. Yes, we serve the Lord fervently. In Romans chapter 12, verse 11, we see it there. Because of our time, we may not go there. But we know the story of Zechariah in Luke. He was serving the Lord fervently. And what happened to him? He got John the Baptist, didn't he? Yes. But the final thing we need to know is this. So important. We relax. Everybody say relax. Sometimes our troubles have put us in a state that we cannot what? It doesn't work. God said rejoice. I say rejoice. How many times? Always. Say be anxious for nothing. With prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Praising God. Relax and develop an attitude of singing. Those who don't like singing... I don't know how you survive. <laughs> I'm telling you that. How do you make it? Relax and sing. No matter the trouble, when you sing, there will be an earthquake in your life. And the bounds will be broken. And heaven will release the blessing. Relax. <laughs> you have prayed God has had. Don't keep banging on it. This problem, don't, don't make the problem a God. <laughs> Relax. What did I say? Relax. Yes, the problems are there, but 
we are for Jesus. If the problem is not ours, you know, sometimes some of us have made the problem our own. Say, this is my problem. My brother, if you had any problem, they have left you today. They are not your own. They are for the devil. <laughs> they belong to the devil. You do not have, don't, don't, don't nurse any problem. You nurse it. You wake up in the morning, it's the only thing you see. In the afternoon, it's the only thing you see. You close your eyes, it's the only thing you see. You want to pray, it's the only thing. My brother, that will not solve the problem. Relax and sing. And you will see the wonders of God in your life. Relax and sing and you will see the wonders of God in your life. It's an act of faith. As you do that, you will see the power of God. But you see, the Bible has so many examples of years that have been replaced. Didn't Abraham lose 25 years, isn't it, waiting for Isaac? But Isaac came. You, you know, Lot, Lot was just having children. When Abraham was not having children, Lot was having children. Do you know where the children of Lot are today? Yeah, do you know? No. But if I ask you, do you know where Israel is today? You know. All of us here, we know. Let me tell you. It's the same thing with uh, Hannah. You know, Penina. Penina was having children. Children. Hannah, no children. But uh, when God repaid Anna for the years, do you know what happened? Anna didn't just produce children. He produced Samuel. <laughs> Many people are producing children. <laughs> we don't want to produce. We want to produce Samuel. <laughs> do, do you know the name of any of Penina's children? <laughs> Bible didn't even see it fit to, to record. But Samuel was a great prophet. Don't you see that the years have been more than repaid? Eh? What of uh, Rachel? Rachel? Rachel was uh, barren, isn't it? <laughs> you don't know. Leah. Leah was having children. Children. <laughs> but what happened to Rachel? The Bible said God remembered Rachel. And what, what did he have? Did he have children? No. He had Joseph. <laughs> you don't understand. There's a big difference. God is preserving a particular child for you that will more than compensate for the years that you have waited for children. That's what I'm trying to get to you. It's not a matter of having children. Everybody have children. God is waiting to repay the years that are wasted. So, Rachel had Joseph. And you know the story of Joseph, don't you? Joseph was more than all the other children put together. So if Rachel was having children, 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 can you compare that with having Joseph? Can you compare it with having Joseph? No. No, we need to understand that. Zechariah had John. John the Baptist. Jesus said there was no greater. God knows how to repay the wasted years. That when God brings his blessing, you will thank him that it has more than compensated for all the years you have wasted. What about Job? Don't we know the devil came against Job? The Bible says the end of Job was better. Isn't it? As long as we stick on with God, the end will be better. These are cases. 
that we know about. You know, the, 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 the brothers of Joseph, they colluded against him and wasted his years, isn't it? Sold him. I don't know all those that have colluded against you, whether they are your brothers, whether they are sisters, whatever they are, whether they are enemies or friends. What God is saying is that He's going to take you to a place where all your friends and colleagues will never be able to get to. That is to say that if, if, if you were successful all your life, and you were successful, and you were promoted regularly, you will not arrive at where God is taking you. He's going to place you far above. So don't worry about how many people are ganging up against you. You know, some people, they come to church and say, Oh, this church, I cannot, this one is ganging up against me, this one is ganging up against me, this one is ganging up. Brother, God wants to take you somewhere. You are worrying about people ganging up. When they finish ganging up, God will scatter them. <laughs> you need to know that. That's the truth. But is that all? You saw Moses, he wasted 40 years, but still God used him mightily. Whatever your condition, you have not wasted 40 years. I don't think anyone here has wasted 40 years. And what God brought back in the life of Moses, no one has achieved that. He was a friend of God. God spoke with him face to face. He did mighty things with him. So why are you worried about the years you have wasted? God can do more. Everybody say God can do more. God can do more. Well, we're going to finish because of our time in First Corinthians chapter 15. I read from verse 9. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Paul wasted so many years as a persecutor. He wasted years killing people. He wasted all these years. But when the grace of God found him, brethren, no matter how successful he would have been as a Pharisee, would you have heard his name today? He wrote almost half of the New Testament. God used him mightily. I don't know how you have years have been wasted and you are saying, God, this year, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You just line up with God this year. You just line up with God this year. And God is going to take you to a place. The place far higher. Let me tell you, the work that Apostle Paul did is not the highest. God is taking you higher. Do you believe that God can take you higher? And he can use you even at a greater level. Why don't you rise up and say, God, I thank you. Because this is the year of payback. This is the year of payback. This is the year of payback. God is going to repay. He said, I will repay you for the wasted years. Why don't we pray right now and thank the Lord? Because he's going to pay us back all the years. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we want to thank you because you are the God that doeth the impossible. 
What is not possible to man is possible with you. And so we come before you with thanksgiving. Because you have promised to repay us all the wasted years. And when our enemies see us, they will marvel. They will be surprised. Because you have done wondrously. So Lord, we are praying all that we require to tarry in your presence, to obey your word. That you will take us to that place, oh God. That place of destiny. That abundant place. Oh God, we pray, grant to us in Jesus' name. Every deceit of the devil to waste our years this year. Oh Lord, deliver us in Jesus' name. No matter the enticement of sin, deliver us by your power in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that at the end of this year, we will look back and say, indeed, you have repaid us. You have more than repaid us. And your name will be glorified. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Be seated. Let us, prepare, let us prepare our hearts for the communion. As we heard the word of God, if you have any unconfessed sin in you, or if you feel that you have wasted your life in the past, or at least in the past six days, today is the day God has spoken to you. Confess it. God is there to repair you. If you have unconfessed sin, now is the time. Repent before Him. God is here to forgive you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you once again. Lord, we thank you for the communion table which you kept before us. Lord my God, the bread and the wine we bring before you. It is not as a ritual. Lord, with the great truth in it, O Father. And it is a commandment that we should do it. Lord, as we obeyed your word of Father, it's an acknowledgement that you have forgiven our sins and we are united together by the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. We are washed and cleansed by the blood alone of Father. Lord, it reminds us of your death. Lord, as you are died on the cross by shedding your precious blood, you saved us, O Father. Lord, that will also remind us that you will die and you are buried and you rose again and you will come, O oh Lord. Lord, you are the risen God. You will come again to take us, O oh Father. Father, make us the worthy children to take part in this table, O oh Father. When we take communion, Lord, come together. Lord, remind everything what you commanded us to remember, O oh Father. And, and also, more than everything, we proclaim the gospel to the world whom do not know you, O Father. Bless the wine, bless the bread as well. We bless your children today, prepare their hearts and minds. In Jesus' precious name we pray. This table is kept for the people, those who are born again and accepted Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Those who are accepted Christ and are obeyed to the waters of baptism, or able to take part in this table. Since there is no much time, please come in order as the ushers are going to help you. Thank you.
as as we as we dream this call we worship you as we As we eat this bread, 
Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. 